Sophia D'Angelo, nay Hogan, eyed up the wreath on the shiny black front door, narrowed her eyes and adjusted it again, then stood back to admire the perfectly symmetrical effect. She couldn't help it. As soon as she'd seen the house, she'd just known. She'd fallen in love with it right away. Okay, so the basement was a little damp. It was an old house. Love was love. Nobody was perfect. Although today, number 10 Walgrave Street looked as close to it as made no odds. It sat in a terrace of varying heights, but was one of the smallest houses. Four stories in total, if you included the basement. It was made of heavy grey sandstone, built in Georgian times at the very far end of the new town of Edinburgh, which wasn't new at all, and it had five perfect twelve-paned windows, like a child's drawing, a filigree balcony outside the upper-storey windows, a line of smart stone steps leading up to the front door, and black wrought-iron railings, currently sporting entwined thick vines of holly, lit up with tasteful warm yellow lights and sporting red tartan bows. It was like a house on a Christmas card, warm light seeping out from inside onto the freezing pavement and a huge Christmas tree with the same warm lights and red bows on each floor. Two Christmas trees. Sophia hugged herself with glee, they had come a long way from the little council flat on the other side of Scotland. She'd booked her Christmas Acado spot in September, and the children's thoughtful wooden gifts had been already wrapped in different paper, obviously, because Santa understood things like that. She had her party dress, although she generally swung by parties very quickly, and even more so being pregnant. The nativity plays and carol concerts were locked into the calendar, as well as the overpriced trip to the Christmas fair and the special Lyceum Christmas show. And it was still only early November. They had only just taken down the tasteful Halloween wreath, the pumpkins and the orange and black decorations around the doorway, and put away the large basket of sugar-free sweets. Everything was going well in Sophia's world. Except for Carmen, of course. Their mother had been on the phone. Her sister had been three months living back at home without a hint of a job, and every week her mother called and begged Sophia to find her something. These calls were getting increasingly desperate. There was no work where they lived, particularly not in retail, and Carmen was not helping herself. When Sophia had been small, she had liked to line up her dollies and give them all small lectures about how to behave at tea. Everything in her world was ordered and neat. Then, when she was four, her mother had become pregnant. This period had involved a lot of people telling Sophia what a wonderful big sister she was going to make, which had pleased the small Sophia very much, particularly since she'd received a haul of excellent presents and the baby had got lots of boring old clothes. It had been a magnificent time, being, even for one very small, a clever sort of person, she had immediately prepared to welcome Carmen as her friend, ally and camp follower in all things.
Unfortunately, the screwed-up, red-faced, screeching monster who appeared did not look remotely like the little sisters in Sophia's baby books. As she grew older, she didn't like dollies or playing tea or wearing new dresses. She didn't like dresses at all, in fact, and she hated school, which Sophia loved. From the moment she arrived, Carmen was a ball of fussiness. She fussed at going out, or coming in, or going upstairs, or having a bath, or getting her hair washed, or going to swimming lessons, or visiting people's houses, at getting in her buggy, or getting out of her buggy. Sophia could never make Carmen see why it was a lot easier just to be nice to people, whether you felt like it or not, and let them smile and pat your head and give you a biscuit. It seemed very straightforward to Sophia.